is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. Today is Monday Rewind. And every Monday, we go back in time to share some top highlights and insights from one of the exceptional guests that we've had on the show over the last three years. Today, we cover Taya Kyle on grace, grief, and gratitude. So listen in as Taya shares her thoughts on her husband, Chris Kyle's friendship with Chad Littlefield, who died alongside Chris that tragic day. Taya also shares the most compelling purpose that keeps her committed to sharing her story and lessons from it, as well as what some of those lessons are. And this is an excellent snippet, actually, for us to share with you this week as we move toward Memorial Day. It's so important that we take the time, not just this week and on Memorial Day, but on a regular basis to stop and think about the men and women who serve our country and the sacrifices they make for all of us. Although Chad Littlefield was not in the military and he... Uh, and Chris Kyle did not technically die on active duty. They were absolutely killed in the services of their country as they were giving themselves to support the very veteran who took their lives. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen and Taya Kyle. You are listening to the American Snippets Podcast. Taya, you have done zillions of interviews. You have shared your story in books from stages across the country. You have had a movie made about your life and your loss and your struggle. And you've done that from almost the world, from almost the moment that your world was just like yanked out from underneath you. But you managed to do it with like such a poise and grace that you show to people. And even in your honesty that you may think you're like ugly crying, it still comes off graceful somehow. I don't know. It's a talent. They should teach it in widow school, but they don't. <laughs> widow school. <laughs> but you have it. And it takes a certain kind of strength and courage to do that. A lot of people have used your example and mentorship to change things in their lives that wind up changing their lives. So does it help you when somebody lets you know how you've impacted them? You know, is there a story too, maybe that you have of a moment where you got to experience that or witness it or somebody said something to you about it? Yeah. And first of all, I just want to say that Barb, you and I are so well aligned and I'm thinking widow school, there's got to be something there. I don't know if it's a podcast, but there's got to be something there. In addition to your, you know, your fiction books, how to Woo a widow. I mean, I think we're onto something. Um, and, and thank goodness that we're at a place where we can laugh in our lives and that we're years out. Right. So there, there's one that comes to the top of my mind. And I love this story because I had a speaking engagement in Oklahoma and they were Kind of paying top dollar and they were advertising and it was one that other big speakers had gone to. And so I, I went out there thinking, this is going to be really interesting because I didn't know a lot about the group that put it on. And I got there and it was like crickets. You know what I mean? There was just like no one in the audience. And I was thinking, and they asked, do you want anything to drink or whatever? And I was like, I mean, maybe like just a coffee or something. They're like, oh, we don't actually have any coffee here. Like, yeah, no, I mean, it was just one thing after another. I was like, okay, no, no, no problem. Um, just water is fine, you know? Um, and so I just remember thinking I have to call one of my girlfriends at the end and be like, how do you know when your speaking career is over? You know, it's like an event like this where you go, it's, it's done. Nobody cares. Yeah. So I had this event and we had a meet and greet beforehand and there was a woman who was in tears and I just kind of loved on her and had this moment with her and talked to her about some stuff. And then I gave my talk. And so when I got back, I think it was, I don't, I don't remember how much later it was, but I got a letter from her and she was saying, I was the girl who was crying and you changed my life. And what you said was exactly what I needed to hear. I can't, you know, it was just this very profound, you knew that whatever it was, was probably the Holy spirit speaking to her, not me, because it was something so profound. 
And I just, I, I thought in that moment, that's why I was there. And here I sit in my, you know, earthly laughing, worldly way, just going like, well, this is useless. And it's like, it's that story of the starfish, right? Just, it yeah. just is, um, you, you change something for someone that's reason enough. It made it all worthwhile. So long-winded story, but I think that in a nutshell is it. It's, we don't always know. And thank goodness she wrote me. That was really a pivotal yeah. moment for me too. But yeah, I think those are the ones that I just think you just never know. Another question I was going to ask, but that's great. Cause you covered it and, you know, helping parents through grief and how do you do that? I mean, you guys, I, when I read your book, American wife, I had to stop and start and stop and start a, because it's beautifully written, but B there are times our stories have so many things yeah. that overlap. So sometimes I felt like I was reading my answer and going through my own thing. Um, so, you know, hard for me, but beautifully written. But I mean, you were, I, I've said, I feel like I kissed my husband and sent him off to die, right? Because yeah. I kissed him and 10 days later, he was, I was like, okay, goodbye, honey. Go to this person who's yeah. in Iraq, literally plotting at this moment to kill you. Like, you know, um, yeah. and so I've often, and then I look at your story. I'm like, you literally kissed your husband goodbye. And you know, and he went to, yeah. and, but you, and then you were just like thrown in this immediate spotlight. I mean, I was too, but it was like temporary and it came and went. It was more about the trial, you know, but you were just like, like you got up one day and it was a normal day and you went to bed and you had this great day. Things going to be great. And then boom, like everything. And you, you didn't have, nobody gave you time to like breathe or catch your breath or, right. and it seems like from that's never let up. It's just yeah. gotten more intense and more so, and a lot of it's positive and some of it is not. Um, and you know, how do you deal with that? How do you, because on the flip side of the positive stuff and the people who adore you and, and love what you do. And, and that's not to say like everyone knows you're, you're human, right? I don't think there's anyone saying, and I'm like, I'll tell you, like I may, you know, like she's not this, not a human being. Right. But, right. but you, the way you deal with your human frailties and all that is what, what gets people. But how do you deal with the flip side of it where people, you know, I've seen some of the things written you know, comments about, I've had people approach me and say, are your friends with Taya? Let me tell you this about her. I'm like, oh my good Lord. Like, we're, yeah, like, like uns, unsolicited, you know, yeah. just like, like it's like they find me in the crowd and say, yes. I got to tell you, I'm like, oh, hi, nice to see you. I haven't seen you in a year and a half, but like, this is how they greet me, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. But uh, how do you, how, how, do you, how do you like take a breath and do with that? How have you dealt with that? Has there been a period in these years where you've just been like, like I need to step back and like breathe and, and not have that around me. Yeah, no, I mean, it is a great question. And I think, you know, I look at so many things before Chris died and I thought there was this preparation again, you know, I'm sorry to keep bringing it back to God, but I really, that's how I see it. And that's how I survived. It's the truth. It's, you know, I feel like God knew this was coming and he prepared me in small doses for years in advance. He didn't want it to happen. I believe that. And I believe that he prepared me in little bits because he knew what was coming. So for Chris, I remember, you know, I, part of the reason I think I was able to just keep walking when it happened is that I watched Chris do it. And we went through a lot of those beginning stages together with this yeah. book. And I learned from him a lot of just grace and humility. And um, the way that he handled himself was, was a really unique learning experience for me. And on the flip side, I also realized when I saw hateful comments about him that were so far from the truth, my hands would start shaking. My heart would just start pounding out of my chest. And I felt like this vitriol, like, yeah. you know, like, I mean, I want to slay people. How dare you? You know, you're so far off the mark. 
And I realized in that moment and talking through some of that stuff for him, that there are going to be those people who hate always. I don't, you know, it's just going to happen. And at that time, my son was very sad. He was in elementary school. He came home and he's a, he's a tough kid and he doesn't really, it's really cool. He actually doesn't take other people's opinions on board when they're negative. He doesn't even notice sometimes Mm -hmm. when people are being like, you know, (laughs) manipulative or weird, but he said, you know, they're making fun of me for my socks. And I said, what's wrong with your socks? I mean, we go to Walmart, we get basic tube socks. You know what I mean? Like they're black. Like everybody else is like, what's the, they weren't the right brand. Right. At that time, I think it was like the Nike something that I don't know, whatever it was, they were like $30 a pair or something ridiculous. And I remember sitting with him and I said, I said, do you, you know that um, people love daddy and we were, we're gone a lot. People are standing in line. We kept them away from that for the most part, but yeah, I do. And I said, do you think there's anyone who wouldn't love him or look up to him or respect him in some way? And he's like, no. Right. And I said, there are, are people and they say really horrible things. And that's just a part of life. And I, I was telling my son, I'm like, you know, you're handsome, you're athletic, you're smart. You have all these things going for you. And for some people, that evokes hate and they want to bring that down a notch. And I talked about the kid specifically who was doing it. Great kid. I know the family, but you know, he was, there was a lot of bad, there was a lot of hardship in that family that he was taking the hit for. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just explained to my son, he's trying to, he doesn't like the fact that you're in a good place and he's not, and he's just trying to find his way and he's not maybe even doing it to be hateful. It's just an instinct thing, whatever. So which by the way, I think it's funny that my son wears like crazy socks now. It's hilarious. Like he just finds like the most, you know, anyway. Um, and I don't even know if he makes that connection. I, I talked to him about it and he's like, no, I guess I do, but I don't know why. Anyway, um, it's, I think that's a form of acceptance, right? Like, yeah. I don't care. Make fun of me. Do that, do that. And, and so with that being said, I do feel that way today. It, it wasn't always easy, Barb, because there were people that did such um, powerful evil attacks or like some people would drop a legal document, let's say, right. On on legal letterhead and put it out there. And people who don't know say, well, it's on lawyer's letterhead. It must mean it's true. No, it doesn't. (laughs) What happened in the court case? What happened afterwards? Did they pursue it? Like, but, but I'm saying that because I say it's to that level. It's not just comments, right? It's literally people creating something they want to create and throwing it into the world to try to, I don't know. Right. I, I don't know, but I, I'll, I'll kind of end with this because I know I'm yeah. going on, but it was a big okay. deal for a long time. And I think you can relate to this and maybe some of your listeners will too. Yeah. I kept thinking, you see me on the outside. I've gotten dressed, probably put on my makeup in the car, you know, as a passenger or whatever. And you think I'm okay. But what I see is I'm gutted. Somebody has yeah. literally sliced a knife down the inside of my chest and stomach and I'm gutted and bleeding out on the sidewalk. And you're walking by me and, and like stepping on me with a yeah. stiletto heel. Like, yeah. you know, I, I just thought, how, why would you do this right now? I have a talk now about Chad Littlefield and his friendship with Chris. I'm so lucky that I get to know his family a little as well. They're such sweet people. They really are. I just adore them. And, you know, we got to tell Chad's story a while back through them, but, you know, tell us quickly, uh, you know, or not quickly if you want, you know, about, about the friendship they had um, because, you know, Chad was also killed with Chris and, Mm -hmm. You know, it's two lives for, for, you know, just ridiculous reasons. So yeah, just tell a little bit about, about their friendship and let people get to know Chad. 
Yeah, it's a great question. And by the way, you're a great interviewer because I think you have this depth to you that's really cool. And you kind of uh. hit the points that maybe not everybody else would see. But when you asked me the question, you asked me specifically, tell me about the type of friend he was, you know, not just who is Chad. And that's the most important question because it's something that your listeners can use in their own life, I think. He knew, so his wife and I were friends on the soccer field and we introduced our husbands and there was this easy way about him that he just showed up. And in the end, isn't that what we need when we're going through a hard time? And Chris was still adjusting, you know, and he was still coming through, but the person he wanted around was Chad, not because Chad had the perfect words, not because Chad entertained him or made him laugh, right? It was because he was the type of guy that would just show up and he took you as he came, you know? So if they were laughing, he was laughing. If, if Chris needed help, like they were doing stuff to do like a charity event or something, you know, Chad didn't go and say, dude, let me help. Let me help. What can I do? You know what I mean? He was just like, he showed up and he would look around and he would take care of stuff or he would be standing there. And like, if Chris would say, Hey, do you like, he's on it. You know what I'm saying? And so it's this really cool balance of being humble, quiet supporter, and then right there to laugh, right there to talk, right there to do whatever, you know, they would weightlift in the mornings. And I remember, you know, that's a really big deal. And it's a hard thing when you're feeling, and you know, this Barb, when you're feeling like your soul is crushed to get the energy to do physical things is so hard. And so, uh, I, I was telling Chad, I said, you know, look, Chris is always happier when he works out, but our garage where we lived, we had just moved in, not that much, you know, I've said, Hey, maybe we could get the garage cleaned out. He's not going to feel like doing that, you know, to get the weight set ready to go. So Chad, can you come over and help me get the weight set ready? And he did. And then they worked out in the mornings, you know, it was like, it didn't really matter what you were asking. He had this depth where he could see why it mattered. And then there would be times where he'd just show up, but he didn't, you know, he didn't outstay his welcome either. Right. He'd bring like some fast food and they'd sit and just laugh. And, and, and the other thing, which I think is interesting, you know, Chris had a level of fame at some point, you know, during their friendship, but Chris wasn't the type of guy that wanted that or wanted people to know that. I mean, he didn't even want to write the book. It's a whole other story, but you know, Chad would have this way of laughing about it. Like, like, dude, you know, something about I'm with the American sniper, you know, talking about guns, like, what is my life? You know, kind of thing. Briefly, he'd acknowledge it and laugh about it. And then it was like, but he was just Chad. I, I don't know another way to describe it, except that he was a very tall man. He was a big man. He had this teddy bear quality to him but he also had this strength that was just, and you know, Barb, this is interesting too. Not a lot of people know this, but I remember Chris saying, and that's why I think our our path is written in our soul knows things, but it's not worth worrying about because we can't predict what that feeling is. Chris told me a couple months before they were killed. He said, you know, I feel like Chad's the type of friend who would take the bullet for me. And I was like, really? I said, don't you think that's kind of hard? Yeah, I know. I said, don't you think that's kind of hard? To, um, to say for somebody who hasn't been in combat, like you never know. And he goes, I just have this feeling. And then Chris, or, uh, Chad's parents told me later that Chad said to his parents, I love that guy. He said, I would take a bullet for Chris. Oh, man. And I was like, what? I mean, all within three uh, months of both of them yeah. you know, dying. And there's something in that that's just beautiful and divine that says to you, you know, for his parents, like, would they ever think, I wish... Chad hadn't been friends with Chris. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know that they've ever thought that. I've never thought that because if you saw them together, you knew it was just meant to be, right? It was just, and, and Chris had other friends that were great. Yeah. There's just something that was so perfect there. And um, it just reminds me, it doesn't, sorry, I don't know. 
but no. it doesn't matter sometimes how long you know somebody, some yeah. things just work. I mean, the minute I met you, we were friends and we were laughing yeah. and crying and, and I've met a lot of widows. It's not that there's something else that it's like your soul was meant to cross paths with this person. Yeah. And you know it when you see it. And that was the kind of friend they were. And there's something about, you know, them being taken together and making that journey to the other side that just kind of makes sense because Chris had his way in his faith. Chad had his way in his faith. He talked to his parents a couple months before he died about just being like so right with God. And, you know, there are just so many things that they left us with this um, peace about where they are and how that journey might've gone and that they were together in some way. And, you know, it's for, for something to be so horrific. I think it's, there's some, there's some beauty sprinkled in. All right, everyone, there you have it. That wraps up another episode of Monday Rewind. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to listen to the original interview that we did with Taya Kyle, that's episode number 100. Again, episode number 100. You can also go to americansnippets.com forward slash newsletter. It's one of the featured podcast episodes of the week. Uh, don't forget to visit us at thegreatamericansyndicate.com. Join our community of patriotic, freedom-loving Americans who care about America's core values, stand for freedom, personal responsibility, individual liberty, giving back of the American dream. We would love to see you inside. And of course, we have our apparel line, americansnippetsapparel.com. Again, we appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you really are. Yeah.